0: Welcome to Into the Breach, a reps and warranties policy podcast by Brian O'Keefe and Jenna Usenheimer, partners and co-leaders of the transactional underwriting Council practice at Seiforth Shaw, interviewing leaders from the industry and exploring the latest developments, market trends, and news impacting RWI and the transactional risk insurance markets
1: Hello and welcome to Into the Breach. I'm Brian O'Keefe and I'm joined by my co-host Jenna Usenheimer. How are you, Jenna?
2: I'm good, Brian. How are you?
1: Very good, very good. And for our uh, loyal Into the Breach uh, listeners, which we know is everybody listening to this, uh, (laughs) we wanted to lead off today by, uh, you know, an historic first, actually, Um, I was kind of thinking that this is sort of like something old and something new, Jenna, with the something old being the podcast, since we're here again, but the something new being that for the very first time, we're actually taping the podcast from the same city and from the same physical space, since I'm in New York City today, and, and we are true. taping this from the Cyforth uh, offices here in New York, So, which is a different experience jenna's actually dancing as i was saying that so
2: we need like fake applause, Let's fake
1: applause.
2: Of that. very exciting very exciting yes
1: celebratory like when you do the you know in a text message like the confetti stuff exactly, exactly. in the background or whatever right so. so i
2: hope it doesn't screw up our mojo since we're physically so close here today
1: well but we're not actually in this but for the listeners they should know we're not in the same office we felt like we uh it might be a little too togetherness to tape this from the same thing from the same exact office. So I'm downstairs, I guess I'm upstairs and you're downstairs in our offices. So um, well, we also, it's going with the sort of something old, something new theme that we have going today. Um, We have the the same thing with our guests today and our guests today, we're very, very honored to have uh, Rustin Paul, who's the chief underwriting officer at concord uh specialty risk and he'll be joining us today and rustin thank you for uh coming on the show thanks a lot am i
3: am i the old or the new which which one do i which category do i fall in there
1: you are Um, the
2: new because of your uh, exciting promotion yeah i I know
1: i know you are the new and the new face of uh of concord here uh with your with your recent promotion there so um, yeah, so Rustin, we're really happy to have you here, Rustin. For those of you who aren't aware, was just promoted to being the chief underwriting uh, officer at at Concord. Um, He's not aware. <laughs> He's not aware. That's right. That's, That's exciting. Right.
3: That's exciting. Thank you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're we're very very happy to have you here, Rustin. So um so maybe Rustin, if you just want to uh, start off a little bit by just talking about yourself and um you know what your what your new role is here at Concord and um you know how you got involved in the RWI industry.
3: Yeah, so um so I was elevated uh with Elon Perez, who's our chief marketing and administrative officer. When Congratulations uh, Elon. Elon Yes, Elon, if you're
2: Elon. listening, come on the podcast. Okay, sorry.
3: I'm sure he'd be happy. it this all this all came about when um our president Kendabury uh retired um he's been doing this as many i'm sure many of people listening and everyone in the industry knows for a very long time um so when he retired they were looking for uh, leadership uh Elon and i made sense um he took the marketing role and i took the um the the head of underwriting role for reps uh, at concord i started um at a law firm called blank rome uh, I was there from the beginning of my career. I was there for 15 years uh, and and it was a great place. I loved practicing there. I became a partner there and I've still a lot of friends there, but sometimes, you know, opportunities fall in your lap. I, I started doing reps and dealing with these reps, underwriters on deals and dealing with uh, Ken in particular many times and they needed somebody and Something fell on my lap and I took it because I saw the action in this in this industry. Um, you know, it's funny, I was I was talking to somebody, I don't know if you guys don't have this problem because you're you're lawyers, but I've had a hard time figuring out how to out how to explain to people that aren't in this industry or are non-lawyers what I do. Oh. And
1: Right. I I mean, we have a hard time mind.
2: explaining to everyone <laughs> um, in the firm what we do. Yeah. <laughs> and,
1: and I joke that we want a recording, like when somebody asks, like we can just hit a button and something will explain it perfectly because we get a little tired of explaining this all the time. So I could. We have def, We have. We have empathy with you, Rustin, and having Absolutely. them explain
3: it. Yes, because explaining we explain what I do is h- hard, hard, Harder than figuring out an elevator pitch. I mean. <laughs> it's it's like you could you could say oh I'm an insurance and that that people are like oh okay you're boring, uh, or you could explain it which takes more than one sentence right and I swear, people that are not familiar with this people that aren't lawyers people that don't are not in this industry, they they always have the same response I have no idea people did that transactional insurance you can insure a deal an MA and deal like people don't know I feel like we should have like a secret society we should have like we should be like um form like an illuminati or something where we all belong and just know like what it. we do i like you know, it wow I
2: mean, my mom tells her friends in florida that i do title insurance because she's I'm like no, that's not what i do <laughs> it's same thing. she's like they get it, that's but that's what they understand i'm like but then why don't you just tell them i do like anything like, it's like
1: so that's a title, title insurance, reps and warranty insurance. It's all the same thing, right? So, well, we'll Rustin, that's a that's a great background. And, uh, you know, we're uh, it's, it's you know, we're just really happy for you that you've uh, been able to take on this new responsibility there. And and I think um, perhaps going with the something old, um, you know, theme as well. Uh, you know, your Concord certainly, uh, you know, is the, one of the leaders in this industry, as you alluded to. Uh, you know, Dave and Ken really you know, built the shop uh, from the ground up. And I remember when I was at Kirkland and Ellis working on deals, um, you know, doing plenty of underwriting calls with Ken as well. And there were only, you know, four or five places offering reps and warranty insurance. So it certainly expanded, but, um, you know, it's certainly a great heritage that you're able to work with there um, in, you know, uh, big shoes to fill in filling uh, Ken's, uh, Ken's uh,
3: retirement there. That's for sure. And... You know, um we're we're trying to uh keep up with the market. You know, we there are a whole host of, of competitors. I think, I mean, there are 28 shops that do this now, maybe more. I every day seems it's like not someone else. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know, we're we're, you know, we're the Concord landscape is changing a little bit. Um, you know, we're not one of four shops doing this um like it was 10 years ago. So we're, we're scaling, um, we are hiring, we're standardizing, um, you know, we're focused now on sort of a pragmatic approach to underwriting uh, with an eye towards being commercial, particularly efficient, responsive. Uh, we've standardized the submission selection process, we've standardized uh, to a certain degree, the underwriting uh, process. Uh, and we're now, um, I think we're a total of 14 people uh, we've grown already, and we continue to grow. We're going to, going to continue to hire in order to meet, continue to meet this demand.
1: Yeah, well, well, that that's you know that's very exciting, and I think that um, yes, your team certainly is growing, and you certainly are, uh, you know, uh, kind of moving uh, moving into the future here. So maybe if you want to talk a little bit about uh, expanding some of those topics and talk a little bit about uh, you know the sorts of things that your your shop is looking for in deals and the sorts of issues, I think that. They're important um, to Concord whenever you're going to be um, looking at deals and submissions and underwriting.
3: Look, we're going to be creative and thoughtful about every submission. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we focus on um, tangible things. We focus on looking at, um, you know, a company's financials uh, and we look at intangible things like, hey, might the buyer have some remorse after closing? and say this i don't know if this is worth what i paid for it cuz when you have buyer remorse you know you you can run in, run into some trouble um and really it boils down to one thing when we when we think about um whether we want to underwrite a deal this is just at the submission stage we think about the question of are the are the best days for this target ahead of it and that's really it outside of the buyer remorse question you know thinking about how much the buyer's paying for, for whatever this target is, are the company's best days ahead of it? And there's a lot that goes into that question, but that's really the question.
2: Pretty interesting actually. And do you look at any particular, are there any hidden risks that you guys find persist you know, from deal to deal, like financial statement concerns for material customers, what what are the condition of assets? Sometimes we don't see a lot of written diligence there. Is there anything that you guys are particularly focused on in terms of risk? Or are you really taking a deal by deal approach?
3: Look, if you look at if you look at claims there, there, in my eyes, there are three categories. There's financial statement, financial statements, inaccuracies in those financial statements. Oh. Um, there are there are, you know, lost business Lost customers and there's condition of assets. And the rest, I mean, you have some compliance with laws and tax and things like that, but you know, those are the three, um, the first two, the financial statements of lost customer, that can lead to a multiple. Yeah. So you want to focus on those things. I'm not saying we heighten those things all the time, but look, if there are assets we're concerned about, I want to see that, you know, they were looked at and there's diligence around those, we might heighten condition of assets. If financials are audited, we're probably not going to heighten that, although if there's a long interim period, we might heighten interim financials, but almost certainly if customers are, if it is like a customer or business, if there's some concentration, yeah. we'll probably certainly heighten um, major customers.
2: So I have a question that seems to be on everyone's mind coming out of the Mohegan Sun conference about the length of underwriting calls. I know there was a lot of discussion on the panels and I know you have some particular feelings about that. So do you want to share with our listeners the direction that conference is moving in?
3: Two hours is a long time, a long time to be on your game, you know, and, and it's, it can be expensive and we are cognizant of that. And I want to, Look, we're not there yet. I want to get these calls under two hours. And maybe health, you know, the healthcare deals are gonna, they need they need a little more time. But outside of that, I think asking questions you already know the answer to is not the right approach. I think um asking questions about things that may not be material probably is not the right approach. And and uh, I mean, I you know, I don't need to know anything about minute books, honestly. You know, things like that can really shorten the call. And I think waste time on the call. Um, So we want to focus our questions. We want deal specific questions. And we're working to get that call
2: under two, maybe an hour and a half. That's the goal. And what subjects are we going to streamline if we're getting this call down to 90 minutes? Mm. Don't say labor. I, (laughs) I
3: I think talking about the transaction and the reasons behind it is important. Yeah. Um, I think that's not going to change. I think legal. There's some stuff in legal and corporate that can be, um, you know, that that can be taken out. The questions about, um, you know, foreign qualifications, minute books, and, uh, things crazy. like that can be yeah. brushed away. Um, you know, so employee benefits. You know, we a lot of times we get too into the weeds, and we should be focusing on what is in the reports. Um, and unfortunately that also applies to labor. Um, and tax too. Look, tax is very pointed. Those reports are usually pretty good. They lay that out. Those tax, those tax experts lay that stuff out pretty clearly. Um, and we can kind of ping the things that we need clarification on. You know, and some of the other stuff can be done by email. You can ask insurance questions by email. You Definitely. know, yeah. Um, maybe some organizational questions by email and, and others. So I think that I think that will get us there, but you know, it takes time for for people to kind of get geared up to figure out how to do that.
1: And I think Rustin, I think we've heard a lot from brokers wanting to also try to streamline the calls and you know make the calls um more efficient. Um and I, I think what you're saying is certainly consistent um from what we've been hearing from from brokers around that. And and I think me and you have talked as well. I think that some of the time when the schedules are very, you know, fulsome schedules and there's a lot of things already scheduled on there um, you know, that's, those are things that are, you know, known issues now and and not something that we need to spend usually a lot of time on a call where we need to be efficient um, going over everything that's, you know, pretty clear from the schedule. This is an issue. It's out there, you know, it's not going to be a deal breaker. And um, I think trying to use the schedules, which we almost always get ahead of time very effectively is, as part of the underwriting council
3: practice, um, is is something I think is another way to try to make the calls more efficient. Yeah, and we've changed. You know, we use you guys. You, you we have you've changed. Uh, you know, the agenda questions you give us, and I think we're all learning and getting there. Sometimes it's the other. Sometimes it's the the client. Sometimes it's the client that, wh- whether it's an expert or a business person that gets on the phone and kind of is talking too long about a subject that may not matter, may get too in the weeds. It's hard to interrupt you know, uh, the client sometimes, but you got to do it to, to move, to move forward, do it nicely, but do it, but do it. Yeah.
1: We, we never interrupt. We never interrupt our clients. Right. Jenna.
2: <laughs> I mean, we try not to, but I was on a call with Rustin recently when he definitely told the UI gentleman who was going on and on about tech I think his exact words were, "Okay, thanks. Can we hear was, from the lawyers now?"
3: <laughs> I, I, I don't think that was. To, I don't think that was EY. I think that was. Um, I don't remember who that was. That was the IT. Whoever did the IT. It was IT. Into, yeah. It was, it was very. It was very. It was really into in the weeds. So in the weeds, there are things he was saying that I, I didn't even understand technically from a technical point of view. I. I, I
2: had to stop that quickly. Yeah, that was great. It was much appreciated. <laughs> I was nice about it. I was nice about it. You were very nice. You were. Okay. You were. And and then I think too, and just
1: in terms of any particular industries, are there any particular industries or deal size that Concord um, sort of thinks of as its sweet spot or are you fairly agnostic about that?
3: Look, I think the deals that are, you know, uh with let's talk limits that are asking for a 10 million uh to a tower deal to a 25 plus tower that's the sweet spot that's the sweet spot for anybody though some of those smaller deals i mean we do the smaller deals but they they can they're just as tricky as the bigger deals but they, they sometimes they come with hair, and um sometimes you know the diligence isn't as good or the financials are many times not audited um, so on that end, there's some, um, some bumps, right. But on the other end as well, I mean, those mega deals, my opinion about those mega deals is really, this product was not meant for a $10 billion deal. It really was. I mean, I've been on those towers. Uh, we've led, you know, five plus billion dollar deals. Sometimes it makes sense, but many times this, this product of here, here have a $25 million limit on a 500 million dollar, $700 million tower. I mean, that's pennies. Right. Right. Right.
1: Yep. No, I think that may, I think that's right. And I think that's also been our experience with sometimes the smaller deals Um, just because it's a smaller deal does not mean it's going to be an easier deal (laughs) or uh, have less hair on it. And oftentimes the uh, the exact opposite can be true. So, well, Rustin it's been great talking with you about um, some of the substance and about what you're, uh, what you're planning for Concord and uh sort of taking you into the next generation here. And um you know, we've really appreciated hearing about that. So I think we'll now sort of transition into our fun part of the show, not that any part of the oh, show is fun. Oh, that wasn't fun. I was having um, fun. Uh, so we call this once more under the breach, our Shakespearean flair here, and I'll uh kick it off today. So the first question we ask our guests is. A uh, prediction that they have for RWI in the next
3: twelve months. Hmm. Um, okay. Well, first, I think I think we're going to see rates lower just a bit and then stabilize. Hmm. I think um, right now you can see some, um, you know, over four percent, something maybe between three and a half and four. Uh, healthcare aside, which is a little higher, I, I think that'll come down to around three five ish and, and just like I said, stay there, um, which is fine. Um, I know there are people lower. I know that there are people higher, but I think it will generally stabilize in this market because it will be driven by the people choosing um, what rates to go with. Um, I also uh, do I only get one prediction? I mean, no, you have one. two.
1: You can okay. have two.
3: I think we'll see the product continue to expand to non-PEF uh, buyers. I think we'll see. Uh, public companies use it more and private companies use it more. And then probably towards the you said 12 months? Is that what you said? Probably 14, towards
1: 14, 18,
3: whatever you <laughs> probably towards the latter half of the 12 months, or maybe in 2023, um, as we move towards a possible recession, knock on wood, I think we'll see we'll start seeing distressed um asset sales, um, which can be handled same way we handle other deals uh with a little creativity but i think we'll see some of that in 2023
2: where do you think the market is gonna end up this year last year we saw the reports it was huge busiest year ever now this year things are sort of evening out do you think it's going to look like last year looked by the end of the year or do you think it's gonna strike some
3: i have a corporate parent that's public and they look at our year over year and it's not fair because no. 2021 <laughs> was was explosive.
2: explosive. Uh,
3: and, and we started this year a little slow. Everybody started this year, the first quarter, a little bit slow. It has picked up since then, it's been close to 2021. Uh, I think that'll continue. I think there's plenty of dry powder left. I, I am optimistic, very optimistic about 2022.
2: Okay, that is uh, <laughs> good to know. Okay, and then our second question here and on once more onto the breach. What is a piece of career advice you would give to someone who might be interested in working in transactional risk insurance as an underwriter or otherwise? Um,
3: When we look at people, you know, there's a there's a you know, there's a basic level of experience and training that you need. You know, when we look at people, we like we like to have lawyers or accountants. but that's just the basics right and a certain level of experience putting that aside there are intangibles here. and there are intangibles that help you not just professionally but in your whole life that but we look for that. We look for enthusiasm. we look for people that are energetic, entrepreneurial uh, and people that are just not afraid to work hard people that that are roll up your sleeves kind of um, kind of people
2: you know. Well, that is good advice. Okay. And Brian, he called dibs on the mystery fun question today. So Brian. Mystery
1: and, fun uh, question. I know. So okay. the mystery fun question. So as I think many of our listeners know uh, the Barry brothers um, who we uh, love and think very highly of have a hobby and that both of them are into boxing. And we thought rest in uh, knowing them uh, as well as you do. Uh, who's the better boxer, who would you not want to be in the ring with if you were to face a DeBerry brother in a boxing match?
3: Oh, you're going to get me in trouble. First of all, I wouldn't want to face either of them. But before <laughs> before I, hard before, same, before, yeah. Before, before I answer that question, I can tell you that, so Dave DeBerry is our CEO and Ken was our president, like I said, and he retired. And um, I can't tell you how many times I'm at a, a cocktail party or a reception or something where someone comes up to me and tells me they invented reps and warranty insurance. I, it, I mean, it's happened two, I can count it on two hands many times. And I know that Dave invented the product. I mean, Dave invented the product uh, when he was at, um, uh, uh, he was at a um, place called Reliance, which was later acquired by the Hartford. And he created it then uh, you know, was underwriting uh, deals. I think he broke off from the Hartford at some point, and was underwriting deals. And he would always call Ken and ask him accounting questions. Ken would answer. Ken was at a big four at the time, and Ken always answered them. And finally, Dave was like, "Ken, come do this with me. I need you." So Aww. they joined force. They joined forces and, and began Concord Specialty Risk I, in um, two thousand eight, uh, and then they were later acquired by Ryan Specialty Group in two thousand eleven. But Dave invented that product years and years ago. I know it didn't catch fire until 2016, 2015, 2016, but um he invented it. And and when people come up to me at parties and say they invented it or talk to Dave about it or planted the seed or gave him the idea, whatever they're saying, I think about that movie Social Network. You ever see the movie Social yes, Network? Yeah, the Facebook yeah, movie? yeah, yeah, yeah. The Remember? Twins? I forget
2: the movie. Yeah, I always think about that,
3: I go, I I think to myself, if you were the inventor of Rex warranty insurance, you would have invented Rex warranty insurance. Right,
2: you would be the inventor, right. That's right, so remember funny. that quote? So so anyway, I set them straight. You should uh, like maybe that. mention but them, the boxing. Maybe that would like <laughs> reduce the number so, of people trying to take credit. Well, well so... Well, Russ, wait, Russ, wait, Russ, wait, Russ, let me it's it's answer kind of the question so on, the
1: box that, on the boxing question here, though, so...
2: Yeah,
3: yeah, so uh, the rumor <laughs> is that when they, so So Dave worked in claims for many years before all this at aig uh and it is like 30 years of claims experience um our other claims person uh brenda uh Jeff Navori, navorian has like 20 years of claims experience because she worked with them over that time as well and um the rumor is that so ken would underwrite reps and when there was a disagreement with ken and dave he'd step in the ring solve the problems in the ring i don't know who the better boxer is I don't know what the results of those disputes were, um, but uh, but I would I would call them for purposes of say, of keeping my career. I would say they're equal. How about that? Should should,
1: should that be our dispute resolution mechanism, Jenna?
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: But, but well, remember, remember, you know, the I'm very uh, strong, remember...
2: though. You say it, but I'm very tough.
1: Yeah, that's no, right. no, no, no. I, I actually, when we were talking about this question. You said and started telling me, Jenna, that you have previous experience boxing yourself, and which, which means you would completely demolish me, since I've certainly never done anything like that. So
2: I did take, so they are, have all these gyms around Manhattan where you can, like, take these classes, or, like, you know, jumping jacks, lots of stuff that gets your heart rate up, push-ups, sit-ups, whatever, and then there's the bag, and you can box with the I don't know what the bag is called the big bag but it was really fun and it was really satisfying when you like got a real punch you could like hear it it was like connected and it felt so good was it like
3: a was it like good stress reliever
2: it really was I mean I would like picture the face of people who are making me angry it was really it was good but I was um I ended up getting injured so I had to stop and then now I with the pandemic I'm not doing indoor exercises so Maybe, oh. maybe sometime again soon,
1: though. We, we learn, our listeners learn new things about us all the time. Now we know. Now we know. You, well, listen, you, hey, 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 Jenna, brother, the box. Yes. Jenna
3: Ken, Ken runs a gym in New Jersey. You could join his gym and, and I spar. think there you go. <laughs> well,
2: if I get a personal invitation from a DeBerry brother, I will be there. You heard it here first. <laughs> okay, it's so. all right. Accepting invitations for boxing.
1: Well, we, to, to TBD on what happens with that. Our listeners will just have TBD. to tune in another <laughs> another episode to find out if Jenna ever gets the invitation. But we really appreciated uh, Rustin being here on the show today, and it's we're really uh, happy for you, Rustin, and uh, are, you know just uh, wishing nothing but the best with uh, the new endeavors. In Absolutely. And if, if anybody wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way to uh, to reach you?
3: Uh, you can reach me at rustin.paul at concordspecialtyrisk you can always call me at 917-375-1974. And then thanks guys for having me on. I really, really appreciate it and had a good time.
2: Great. Absolutely.
1: Thank you for you're coming. Gonna to, you're going to have to change your phone number though, because, you know, fans and paparazzi will have it now and call you a lot <laughs> you know, so. Um,
2: that has not been a problem that we've encountered yet, but you never know. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Got it.
1: All right. Well, it's another wrap for the show here, at Jenna, and uh, we did this well. It, occupying the same physical office space, so maybe that's something we'll have to do again sometime. Well, come back to New York, Brian. I'll come back to New York. I'm not getting in the, not going to the boxing gym with you though. That is, uh, that's a little too intense. So, um, okay. let's see. all right well thank you everybody for joining us for another episode of into the breach and until next time
0: thanks a lot thank you for listening to into the breach for show notes additional resources and links to the tools discussed on today's episode please visit rwipodcast.com The views and opinions expressed by Brian O'Keefe and Jenna Usenheimer in this podcast are their own and do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Syfarth Shaw, LLP, its partners or its employees. The podcast does not provide legal or other professional services. This podcast is made available by The Lawyer Publishers for educational purposes only, as well as to give you general information and a general understanding of the law not to provide specific legal advice. By listening to this podcast, you understand that there is no attorney-client relationship between you and the lawyer publishers. The podcast should not be used as a substitute for competent legal advice from a licensed professional attorney in your state. As defined in the State Bar of New York's Code of Professional Responsibility, this podcast is considered a form of attorney advertising. Prior results do not guarantee similar outcomes.